this is Dr. Nick Tiller, and you're listening to the Skeptic's Guide to Sports Science podcast. What follows is an audio recording of my column, published in Skeptical Inquirer, the magazine for science and reason. For more information, visit www.skepticalinquirer.org. As with all articles in this series, a full list of references and a link to the written piece can be found in the show notes. Episode 15, The Liver King, Lies and Logical Fallacies. The media backlash was swift and severe. More severe, in fact, than if an Olympic athlete had tested positive for a banned substance. For years, Brian Johnson, also known as The Liver King, has marketed his brand on the core values of primal living founded on his self-derived ancestral tenets. Primarily through viral social media coverage, Johnson purportedly made more than $100 million per year. But leaked emails recently revealed that his astounding physique wasn't due to his diet of raw animal organs and powerful supplements, as he claimed, but instead his extensive use of anabolic steroids. Some in the media called it Steroidgate, an embellished reference to the 1970s political scandal that saw Richard Nixon resign his presidency. There may even be harsh legal consequences for Johnson under the Federal Lanham Act for, quote, misrepresenting the nature, characteristics, qualities or geographic origin of goods or services, end quote. To those who understand the human body, the revelation that his physique was not naturally derived came as no surprise. Rather, it was the inevitable unmasking of another bodybuilder falsely attributing their success to supplements, diet and lifestyle instead of the designer steroids that are pervasive in the sport. But the most striking aspect of this story is not the steroids, the diet of raw livers or the special pleading that shaped the apology, but rather just how transparent the false branding was and why it took so long to be exposed. Like the comic book superheroes that inspired his physique, Brian Johnson's story has an origin, one in which his turbulent formative years progressively moulded him into the entity he would become. Born in San Antonio, Texas, Johnson was raised by his mother after his father passed away when he was young. He was allegedly bullied at school because of his stature. I was very tiny, he said recently in a podcast interview. I knew I looked different and I got the shit kicked out of me every single day. I was terrified. In his early teens, his stepfather encouraged him to start weight training and his newfound physique helped him gain acceptance among his peers. After majoring in biochemistry at Texas Tech University, Johnson worked as a pharmacist, a role that no doubt informed his successful venture into a supplement industry worth over 30 billion US dollars. His business, known as Ancestral Supplements, inherited its ideological roots from Nourishing Traditions, a book by Sally Fallon that demonises diets and lifestyles invented by modern technocrats. Johnson became inspired to fully embrace the ancestral lifestyle and devise his ancestral tenets, which became popular on social media. 
But with so much competition in a saturated space, Johnson needed to distinguish himself among fitness influencers to invent a gimmick on which to hinge his expanding business empire. One final push to complete the transformation from Jack to Joker. In 2021, the Liver King was born. Through his ancestral tenets, eat, sleep, move, connect, cold, sun, fight and bond, Johnson administers advice that's been largely repurposed from elsewhere. It's therefore surprisingly coherent. Move, for example, refers to simply moving more, generally by walking, to combat the mismatch between our genetics that evolved when humans were required to expend energy to obtain it, and our modern environment, characterised by an abundance of empty calories. The sleep tenet emphasises the importance of sleep quality, facilitated by regular sleep-wake cycles and the blocking of blue light before bed. His nutritional advice, however, is more contentious. He advocates an extreme form of the paleo diet, with a disproportionate emphasis on organ meat, much of it raw, comprising the animal's heart, liver, testicles and bone marrow in a, quote, nose-to-tail diet. There are some advantages to organ meat, such as its high protein content that is essential for building bodies, and high amounts of iron, zinc, riboflavin and other nutrients. But the disadvantages are many, including high saturated fat and cholesterol, which may increase the risk of fatty liver disease. The diet also espouses the benefits of raw full-fat milk, egg yolks, wild-caught fish eggs, fermented vegetables, and the emission of refined sugars. There's nothing unique about organ meat as a dietary staple. Offal, which is the ground organs and other edible components of an animal, and which my late father would have described as truly offal, was eaten regularly during World War II, an austerity measure to spare the animal's flesh for frontline servicemen. But early humans followed no such diet. Our most accurate data in this regard from the Hazda tribe, one of the last authentic hunter-gatherer tribes in Tanzania, shows they eat meat in the dry season, but a predominantly plant-based, high-fibre diet in the wet season. Their diets are also less energy-dense and richer in fibre and micronutrients than modern diets, and are not as low in carbohydrate as often argued. But the liver king is adamant. As descendants of the genus Homo, the, quote, baddest mammalian predators that ever lived, end quote, we must honour their legacy by eating like our early ancestors did. It's an obvious appeal to antiquity. Committed in the same vein as proponents of the paleo diet, barefoot running shoes, and ancient Chinese medicine, which all fallaciously claim their assertions correct because they correlate with some past traditional practice. Even Johnson's nutritional inspiration, Nourishing Traditions by Sally Fallon, criticises what she calls weird diets that attract fanatical adherents, one of which the author describes as the all-raw primal diet. But once the internet alias of the Liver King had been conceived, and his brand had attracted more than 3 million combined TikTok and Instagram followers and more than $100 million in revenue from his supplement stream, any connection to reason or objective truth had been well and truly severed. 
The real controversy centers on how Johnson sold his diet, supplement and lifestyle as the shortest possible route to the greatest possible gains, at the same time lying about his persistent use of anabolic androgenic steroids. In the leaked emails, Johnson outlined his steroid regimen. It includes synthetic testosterone, the male sex hormone, the anabolic androgenic steroids Decadurabolin, a brand of nandrolone, and Winstrol, a brand of stanozolol. Various drugs such as IGF-1, ibutamorin, and omnitrope that mediate the effects of growth hormone, which is a peptide hormone that stimulates growth, and other drugs to stimulate appetite. In the now-not-so-private correspondence, Johnson notes the online pharmacy who supplied the drugs and the monthly cost, $11,000. Despite the potential for serious side effects associated with steroid abuse, including altered blood lipid profiles and increased risk of cardiovascular disease and certain cancers, it's also hard to overstate the profound effect these synthetic hormones have on muscle physiology. The aesthetic results that Johnson promoted were never possible without pharmacologic intervention, hence why he's being heavily criticised for perpetuating unrealistic body ideals to men who deserve to have their dedication to training rewarded, not exploited. When the truth emerged, Johnson immediately issued an apology, but one laced with emotive appeals and special pleading. Quote, 85% of the population suffers from self-esteem issues. I'm part of that statistic, he said, referencing his personal insecurities. He added that the Liver King persona was an experiment to spread the message and bring awareness to the 4,000 people a day who kill themselves, the 80,000 people a day that try to kill themselves. He seemingly offered ancestral living as a solution. Like many social media fitness influencers, Johnson doesn't use his caricature physique to just sell diet and exercise. He sells a lifestyle, one that he has expertly bottled and marketed to impressionable young men. But beneath the aesthetic platitudes, the brand has a more ominous message. It champions the primal ancestral lifestyle and a return to traditions of a simpler time, all of this as the antidote for the modern man who has been drained of his masculinity by the comforts and conveniences of contemporary culture. The insinuations are frequent and unrefined. The words testosterone, manhood, virility scroll across the website homepage. In professional photo shoots, Johnson is never fully clothed because it violates one of his ancestral tenets, and he's often pictured with spears and other weapons holding handfuls of raw meat that look as though they've been cut straight from the animal's carcass. He owns four Dobermans and a fleet of trucks, including a Hummer and an American tank from World War II. In his online videos, Johnson derides what he calls estrogen-laden perfumes and uses a rifle from his large collection to obliterate vegan food. His content is an obvious appeal to right-wing Americans who have already defied Tucker Carlson's masculinity crisis by tanning their testicles. It's reductionism at its most extreme, attributing socio-political challenges of modern culture to a lack of testosterone. But there's another head to this hydra. 
In one of his videos, Johnson purportedly destroys a Wi-Fi router, which is ironic given the medium he uses to market his brand and make his millions. The poor router met its maker because of the harmful electromagnetic frequencies it once emitted. This admission, more than any other, links his New Age wellness philosophy to predominantly right-wing conspirational thinking, a phenomenon termed conspirituality. Johnson is just one of many social media fitness influencers preying on the insecurities of their online following. In fact, it's a transaction on which the industry depends. It would be unfair to criticise him disproportionately just because he happens to have had more success than most. And should Steroidgate prove to be his downfall, and I very much doubt that it will, another fitness influencer will take the baton, pushing the same diet cliches, supplements and exercise programs via a slightly different agenda. Social media all but assures the success of schemes that, just a few hundred years ago, would have required a horse and cart and a touring theatre company. But in today's culture, anyone can perpetuate an online scam. All they need is a smartphone, a gimmick and a weak moral code. All are ubiquitous. Nor is Johnson a pioneer. Centuries of snake oil salesmen precede him, successfully exploiting scientific illiteracy and blunted critical faculties. When it comes to wellness marketing, history has a habit of repeating itself. Whether in today's world of pervasive social media, or in times past when medicine men toured the Old West, false claims have perpetuated because the people buying the products have failed to ask the important questions. Scepticism is the means through which we ask the important questions and discern the validity of the answers. Imagine if scepticism were as popular as the false claims it ultimately exposes. The history of snake oil would probably look very different. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed this article, check out my book, The Skeptic's Guide to Sports Science, Confronting Myths of the Health and Fitness Industry, published by Taylor & Francis. For more information on this and my other work, visit www.nbtiller.com.